Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome and thanks for being here. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, this is being released very early uh, on Sunday, so I can have the time to celebrate with all the mothers in my life tonight. So, uh, if you don't be alarmed when it showed up early, usually it doesn't drop till late Sunday night. So just some bonus time for you to listen. Uh, Saturday, I was set up at the best flipping card show at the Crown Plaza in Woburn, Mass. Uh, I was set up with uh, Jordan at Zips Cards. He uh, secured a table up there and uh, he offered to split it with me. So I was super excited, you know, to head up to that show, another show I've never been to uh, before. So, uh, Friday night getting ready for the show, I go over to the gas station and I fill up with gas. Cause I know it's like a two hour drive each way. Uh, and it was almost, you know, it's like what, 78, $77, $78 to fill up. And I thought to myself, you know, there's no way I could ever really explain to anybody who's not part of the hobby, who doesn't do this, that how this all makes sense. You know, that, um, I'm filling up the gas tank. I'm going to be, I'm going to spend on a Saturday, I'm going to spend four hours, probably more if I hit traffic on the way home, which I actually did. Um, so I'm going to be in the car for four hours for a four hour show. <laughs> so if, if you were to tell this, say that, say this to somebody and try to have it make sense, it probably really doesn't make sense. But when it's part of the hobby and you're, I'm excited to go, I'm excited to be part of the hobby and just such great things come from you know, doing stuff like this. Right. So yeah, that's what I did. Four hours in the car for a four hour show and loved every minute of it. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm splitting an eight foot table, you know, so now I have to decide on a Friday night, you know, what's the best inventory options for my four feet, right. For, for the space I'm putting there, you know, I usually have six to eight feet, you know, and it includes, uh, dollar boxes, right? I have, so what I end up setting up with when I split a table like this is I have to leave the dollar boxes out because I have to decide, you know, what's more important to put on the table. Uh, and if you've been listening all along and I talk about these dollar boxes that the stuff that I sell out of those, you know, that, that makes enough money to pay for the table, the travel, the gas, the tolls, the lunch, you know, you hope. The hope is that's what it is. And, and in the past, uh, for most shows, I'd say 90% of the shows it does. It will it will pay for that. Um, but if it doesn't, it's not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. So, you know, without my, without my dollar boxes going off to this show, you know, I'm hoping for, you know, sales. I'm hoping for people to pay strong. What do I mean by strong? Closer to comps, you know, not not coming not coming in at like you know 65, 70, 75, but maybe 85, 90. That would be strong for me, you know, closer to comps. Um, 
and going into the show, I have no idea because I don't know the show. I have no idea what to expect when I get there. So, I mean, and this is the way I get to know the shows too, right? So, and I get excited. I get excited to go to these shows. Um, and now that we got the financials, <laughs> right? The financial talk out of the way, you know, let's just talk about, you know, what it's like to be participating in the hobby, right? To go out that it's not about the gas. It's not about the four hours in the car. It's about, you know, getting there, setting up, meeting people, um, getting to know these shows because you don't know what to expect. You have no idea to, what to expect. No, Even if you were just showing up to walk a show, you have no idea if you were going to find, you know, the card of your life when you show up or you're going to sell something you never thought you were going to sell. Just things happen that you just can't plan on. And, and I think that mystery is, is, you know, probably a good part of the excitement of going to these shows. Uh, before I get into it, just a shout out to some of the listeners, uh, that came by to see me yesterday. Uh, my guy, Adam, um, at the underscore CBA underscore J O F F, uh, who I met at the Shriners show a few weeks ago. Uh, I talked about, you know, being his first deal of the day, walking into the show and making a great deal, right? As soon as I got through the, after I bought my, uh, my Tyson ticket, um, and my first deal of the day ended up being Adam who showed up and it turned out that we were at his table. So I guess this is his regular table. Uh, he sold the table off, uh, to Jordan for the day and then Jordan invited me along. So this was usually his regular table. So obviously he knew where to find it. Right. And he knew, he knew I was going to be there cause I know he's a listener of the show now. Uh, he is also a teacher and I was chatting with him and he said that, uh, he's got his students listening to the pod. So I want to give a shout out to all the students that are, that are, you know, listening here too. Uh, and I do have to say, Adam was like the mayor of the show. And I mean this in, in such a positive way. You know, you see people when you go to these shows, you see people that, Everyone wants to talk to, everyone wants to come see, everyone's calling him over or bringing their case to him to say, you know, is there something in my case you want to buy? You know, you see, you know, these people, if you go to enough shows, you see certain people that always have a crowd around them uh, at the shows. And, and Adam is, th this is Adam, Adam is that guy. And he was that guy at this show. Um, there was a little space to my right. So in the show that you figure there's, there's in squares, right? So it's, there's a lot of room behind. So if you were going to be a dealer, you'd be behind, obviously behind the table, but there's a lot of room behind it. So of course, when he showed up, he was behind and people were coming with their cases. So they were kind of opening their cases up to the right of me. And, you know, I was, I was able to see a lot of cars. I probably wouldn't have seen, uh, if he hadn't been there and it turned out it ended up for, you know, a big deal for me. I ended up buying kind of a big card and, and I'll talk about that later. Um, rage 508 cards and grails. Uh, he was set up there. He, he's a listener messages me a lot, uh, on the, uh, on the podcast, Matt at Maddie ice, seven twenty nine. uh, 
so, another listener who came by to see me. Uh, it was great to meet him. Uh, and, and my guy, Neil. So I'd never met Neil. Neil came by and introduced himself. Uh, and we started talking about uh, WNBA and, and, and WSL, you know, the, the basketball, the soccer uh, cards. And, uh, you know, being a listener, he hears me talking about it, that I PC that stuff. And it turns out he does, too. He has he's had a lot of this stuff over the years and he's starting to move it. So he was talking about, yeah, I've been selling, starting to sell a lot of this stuff on PWCC on the Sunday night, the weekly auctions. And I said, really? I said, I've been buying stuff on there. And, you know, you can see where this is going. Long story short, I've been buying the cards he's been selling on there. <laughs> so, uh, the WNBA, you know, the soccer cards. And like I knew right away, all I had to do was go through my list and say, I bought this card, this card. And he's like, yeah, I sold that card, that card, that card. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, a small world, right? It's really not, but it really is. And, you know, uh, he brought, he had his little case for him when he came. So I ended up, uh, I bought four PC cards off of Neil for a very, very fair price. Uh, I bought three uh, Sue Birds. Um, I bought the 2007 Rittenhouse. Uh, that one's numbered to uh, 333. And I'm going to flash these uh, really, really quick, quick on the screen, screen so you can see them. If you're on YouTube, uh, the 2006 Rittenhouse, the uh, 10th anniversary, the WNBA. Uh, and this really nice card, this is the 2004, 2004 Her Flair rookie card. Um, they're all raw and they will all be graded and they'll go into uh, my PC. And there was one, uh, one more card here that I got from him. It was a 2017 in-person auto-authenticated Diana Taurasi. I'll hold that up. So that's straight to the PC now. Uh, and yeah, was, we exchanged some information. So I, I have a feeling uh, Neil and I are going to be doing a lot of business together, or I'm going to be doing a lot of buying from Neil because um, he has a lot of the cards that uh, I'm interested in. And these are the type of interactions and the people you meet at the show. That's the best part of the hobby, right? You know, as sports card therapist says, part participation is necessary, right? I mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't even get in the car for my four hours and go up there, I would have never met Neil. I would have had no idea who I was buying these cards from on PWCC. And I wouldn't have ended up with these cards. I mean, how many people... Do you think these three cards I listed out are carrying those cards to any shows? You know, the percentages have to be so low. And then for them to come right to my table, you know, right to me, um, just mind boggling to me that, you know, being able to go out and meet so many people with such like interests um, just beyond me. And, and again, you know, the interactions and the people at these shows is just unbelievable. Um, so the show was really good. I mean, the room was really nice, you know, I, and, and I'm going to say this is how nice that room was because uh, after they broke that room down, after the show ended, um, I was talking to somebody and they said, I said, Oh, it's too bad that the show doesn't, you know, go longer. And they say, well, usually there's something else going on in here. Uh, like today there's a wedding. 
So this is the same room we had a card show in, and this is the same room a few hours later, they're going to put on a wedding in there. So it just gives you an idea how nice this room was, like a carpeted room. The tables were nice. The lighting was great. It was just a really pleasant place to, to go to a card show. Um, I saw a lot of familiar faces uh, from both sides of the table. It's funny because... You know, I set up, I'll set up at shows down here, you know, in Connecticut and, and people will come walk the shows and you get to get to know them. And then all of a sudden I'll go to this show that I would have never gone to. And I set up at the show and I walk around and these people are all dealers. They're all set up with tables and they're all dealers. So it's, uh, you know, I was talking with sports card therapists last week on the episode and we were talking, I would say there, there's, you know, there's gotta be a name for someone like, you know, we got to coin a phrase because, you know, it, it's just interesting that all the people you meet in the hobby sooner or later, they end up at a t table being a dealer, you know, whether it, it may be just a one little local monthly show or they'll travel around like I do. I think sooner or later, everybody ends up, putting a case on a table and putting their cards in there and, and selling them. And, and I just think, I just think in this hobby, if you participate enough, it allows you the opportunity to do anything you want. You want to be a collector. You want to sell, you want to sell and collect. You want to sell certain cars to afford your PC. It just allows you to do whatever you want to do in this hobby. And it's great to see. And the more I get out there and the more I see people and the more I meet people, I see what people are doing out there. And it, and it helps me too. Uh, a lot of people uh, prepping for the Fenway show next week. Uh, a lot of people looking for cards uh, to add to their Fenway inventory. Uh, one of the things I noticed at this show, a lot of people were trading. So, I, I mean, I know they call it, you know, trading cards and, and you go and most shows you'll see like a lot of the kids coming around for a trade up. Would you trade up? Would you trade up? And, and that's a little different than what I'm talking about. I mean, a lot of people, even dealers, like I went to, you know, and I said, Hey, how much are you, you know, on this? And they said, Oh, you know, I'm looking for like 150 or, you know, whatever. And they're like, but if you have something like I'd come over, I'd be more interested in trading than selling. Uh, and that's why I felt like kind of, it was a little different for me at this show. Uh, I, I think I, and I noticed, I witnessed a lot of people making trades. Like the first thing that I, you know, usually go to a show, the first thing, and I set up at a lot of shows, people come in and they want to buy, right? It's, and I'm the same way. I show up and I'm looking to buy. I mean, I really enjoyed this show because I ended up making a, making a deal that I was able to trade up into, but I usually, usually happens to me on that other side of the table, right? When I, the week before, when I talked about, um, you know, making, making kind of a, a big deal down at Mount, Mount Kisco, moving, moving, you know, a bigger card for some smaller cards, it usually happens to me on, on the attendee side more than, more than the dealer side. Um, that those opportunities come a little better. So this was a show that I felt that people wanted to trade first and sell first. So it was a little different for me. And I was, you know, just observing what was going on and, you know, just taking mental notes on it anyways. Um, 
when Adam was there um, at the booth, and I talked about people coming to him, uh, going through their cases, uh, it was right there on my right, and I saw a lot of cards coming back and forth, and uh, you know that he was pulling out, and you know some I may or may not have been interested in because a lot of people didn't. I, I mean, at this show, a lot of people didn't come up and say, "Are you buying?" I, I, I don't, and I'm going to say right now, in the four hours, I never went through anybody's case. I never looked through anybody's case. Nobody came up and opened their case up and said, "Are you buying?" And and that just hit me now that 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 happened. But for Adam right next to me, people were coming up with their cases and putting them out there. Um, and and I, and I'm sure they've had history with him. They know him. Like I said, he's like the mayor of the show. So um, one of the cards that did come out was this really nice uh, Desmond Ritter. It was a uh, prism, the first off the line red shimmer. It was numbered to 35, and it was a PSA 10. So immediately Adam put that aside uh, and he was going through some other cards and he ended up pulling out, you know, like two or three cards and he started to comp that card first. And I just said to him, I said, what's, what's the value on that? He said, oh, it's like 19, 1970 or something like that. You know what the, what the alt value was on it. And I think when I went back and looked, it was like $1,980. Uh, and there were a couple of other cards that he wanted and, he said to me, are you interested? I said, I'm interested. You do what you're going to do. And I mean, I'd be interested uh, in the Ritter. And he said, well, I'm not as interested in that, but I'm interested in this card and that card. Maybe we can make, you know, a deal. And it never really worked out for him. He said, I'm out, but here's the Ritter if you want to make a deal. So in, in all, what I didn't hear in, you know, all the interaction was really what he, I mean, we, we knew what the alt value said on this card that's numbered to 35. So obviously only 35 of them. Uh, and it's a PSA 10. So it was a pop five. So now we're down to, there's just five of these cards. So I said to him, I said, what, what are you looking to get for the card? And he said, well, I, I know the last one sold at $1,695. I'd be probably right around $1,600 on the card. I said, okay. I said, why don't you look through my case, see if there's anything of interest in my case, and maybe we can do, you know, cash and trade. So he went through the case. Uh, he pulled out some cards, and we looked up comps. And the best part about, and I'm going to say this because this happened uh, with Frank, at, at, you know, at the Mount Kisco show the week week before and i find it easy to get a deal done the best part about this was that when he pulled the cards out and we looked up comps he was willing to be right at comps on those cards right to me that's the best part of the deal because i think what happens is you know when people want premiums or quote unquote i hear this all the time the price of doing business when you're trading cards I think it drags out the deal. I think it drags most deals out. And I, and I think they don't end up getting done because people feel slighted getting, you know, getting under value on their cards. You know, if someone says, oh, the comp on that card is $450. Well, you're trading it in. I'm only going to give you $375 as a, as a trade-in on the card. Or, you know, I'll give you your, you know, 
450 or 425, but now my $1,000 card has become $1,200. I need a $1,200 trade value or a $1,400. I, I don't understand that. I've talked about that. I talked against that a number of times. And now that I've made a number of deals where we're right at comps, your card, this is the comp and this is my, now on kids, he was under comps, but he, he chose that. You know, he said there was only one sale and I probably would have argued a little bit because there was only one sale. Understandingly, there's only five of these cards, right? And there is one for sale right now on eBay for $1,999, right? So we know where three out of those five cards are. One was sold, one was in my hand and one's for sale on eBay. And now there's two more somewhere else. So, uh, not having to pay a premium, it allows to get this deal done much quicker. Uh, and he was good. He had a set price on there. I thought his price was fair. I would have probably pushed if I was making a just a straight up cash price on it. I would push for lower. But now I have cards that I the cards that he picked out that I purchased that have come way up in value since I've owned those cards. Uh, one of the cards I graded myself that I bought raw and graded. So uh, I had a lot of extra room on that card. So this deal was just on my end was getting better and better. Uh, so we comped the cards out that he wanted, made up the difference in cash. Super easy. The deal was done. It really didn't take that long. He got cards he was happy with. He got smaller cards that he could either sell, trade, or move. And I ended up with kind of a bigger card. I know it's price-wise, uh, it's above, you know, what, what what my sweet spot is for the national. But a card like this that I'm, I'm maybe into it for... Well, I'm not even going to say, I'm not going to say what I'm into it for, but I've got room on this card now. Right. Um, and there's a very good chance come July in Chicago that this value of this card could be up to $2,500. Cause we don't know where the hype is going to be right here. Here is a guy who's going to be a starter. And I've talked about this. His team went out and drafted a, a running back who could, who they say will start this year, will play, will be the starter this year. Um, they beefed up their offensive line. They beefed up their defense. And then the schedule was just released Thursday, and they had the easiest schedule this year in the N NFL, the easiest schedule. With all that said, I understand this man has to go out and perform, right? I'm not buying this for a long-term hold. I'm buying this, hoping that the frenzy, like like with Tua and Mac Jones last year at the National, is going to be the same for Desmond Ritter, because I can see uh, his value, his the the value of his cards. And I talked, I don't know what a month ago talked about buying up some of his RPAs, uh, very inexpensive and, uh, and they've already doubled in price from what I've paid for them. So, uh, uh, not going to get rich off those cause I didn't pay much to begin with and I'm not going to get rich off this, but this could be something that could really be profitable. Uh, so I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk on this. Uh, 
um, and put it in the national box and hope for the best. Right. So yeah, super easy deal. And, and again, I'm going to stress why I think this was a super easy deal because we're comping we're putting comps on cards, what the current comps are. And, and we're making a deal that way. Uh, nobody's asking for a premium. Uh, and, and it was, I talked about this last week with Frank as well. There were no premiums, no price of doing business. Uh, and I think we both walk away happy with a smile. Um, after the show, uh, I grabbed lunch with Jordan, uh, and headed home. And, uh, yes, it was, uh, a lot more traffic driving home than it was coming in at six, six or six thirty in the morning. Um, I'm setting up next week at the Fenway show, which I think was about 20 minutes away from where I was. Uh, I am looking forward to the show. I am not looking forward to, to doing that drive, uh, twice because I'm not staying overnight. There's a lot of college graduations going on. The hotel rooms were ridiculously priced uh, to stay overnight. So uh, I will be driving back and forth Saturday and Sunday of next week. And there seemed to be a lot of buzz for Fenway. A lot of people talking about the Fenway show. A lot of people super excited uh, for this show, everybody asking, are you doing Fenway? Are you doing, where are we parking? Where's the part? Where are we going? So it just seemed like almost everybody that was there at that show on both sides of the table, uh, probably had mentioned, mentioned, said the word Fenway two or three times, you know, throughout that four, four hour period. Um, so people are excited. People in that area are excited for the show. So I'm hoping for great things at that show. Uh, when I set up there, because I did not set up at that show last year. This will be my first time setting up. And I know some people who did. So I'm going to be reaching out to them this week, you know, just to try to find out, you know, what pick their brain a little. What can I expect uh, at ne next week's shows? Try to get to know the show through them a little bit. Right. Just try to figure it out because it's a whole new animal, you know, getting into a city and 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 parking alone is usually a nightmare. Uh, and usually going in is easy, right? When we go into these shows, we're leaving at five in the morning. We're getting there at six thirty or seven in the morning. There's usually no traffic. It's when you try to leave at four or five and o'clock in the afternoon that you 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 can't go anywhere because there's just massive traffic. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy the uh, the Mother's Day up here in uh, Connecticut. It's a beautiful day. I hope it's. Uh, sunny warm day where you are and get to enjoy the family uh, i want to thank everyone for tuning in and if you like what you hear please like definitely subscribe and most importantly tell a friend and spread the word and until next time take care of yourselves and everyone around you